0: Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope Financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Let me start by blessing you, blessing you all. I'm kind of thinking of messing with the blessing. Not, Not this morning, don't worry, don't worry. But if you have certain things, like, you know what, I really wish Brian would add this to this blessing because I would really appreciate getting blessed every week with this other thing. You can send me suggestions. Uh, Send them to kelly at rehope.co. No, no. You can send them to me, brian at rehope.co.uk. But anyways, let me bless you. I bless you now in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus more wonderfully today. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit today. I bless you to receive whatever guidance from God you need today, whatever help from God you need immediately. I bless you to have the resilience and capacity to flourish and prevail in every challenge that you're experiencing right now. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and love and peace, whatever's going on. I bless you with this in the name of Jesus. May it be. Amen. Amen. All right. So this morning, we are going to start a new series looking at Ephesians chapter 6, which is open on the pulpit. Shout out to whoever did that. That, That's that's exciting. Makes my life easier. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6, the armor of God passage. My heart behind this study is this. I don't want the enemy blowing up your life anymore. I don't want the enemy blowing up your life anymore. And so what I want is a good future for you, a wonderful future for you, a a wise future for you, a strong in Jesus future for you. I don't want the enemy blowing up your life anymore. And if you feel like the enemy has blown up your life, then I want you to be able to get back up and stand strong and not let him blow up your life again. And if you find yourself in a cycle of getting your life blown up over and over and over again by the enemy, I want that cycle to stop. I don't want the enemy to keep blowing up your life. I'm sure that you're all on the same page here. So we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6 over the next several weeks. One of the most clear, practical, helpful passages when it, when it comes to t- teaching us how to be able to stand strong in Jesus. How to stand in these days. How to not keep getting our lives blown up over and over and over again. In fact, the passage starts with these words from Ephesians chapter 6. Says this. Finally, <clears throat> be strengthened by the Lord and by His vast strength. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. And then that's basic. That's the basic overview of this next several verses. Here, as we're, we're going to go through this study, basically a call. To be strengthened by God and by his vast strength. Who doesn't want that, right? Is there anybody in this room who's like, I, I don't want God to strengthen me. I mean, we, we want, this. what a joy it is that God is a God who strengthens people with vast strength. I've experienced this in a really incredible way in, in the past. I remember some years ago now, I was empty, empty, empty. And I know that you know what that's like, where you're just like, I have nothing left. I was feeling empty, I would look ahead, I'd see no help on the horizon. I would look back and I've I've been empty for as long as I could remember, which is usually not very far back based on, you know, especially moments of exhaustion and things like that. But I was feeling empty, empty, empty. And a group of pastors, maybe 10 or 15 of them, I I, I was sharing this with them, They, they came around me and they just started praying over me. That I would be filled with God's strength. And in that moment, I felt on the inside, a renewing a flooding, I don't know what the right word is, a, a, a strengthening on the inside and it was coming up through me and, and I just felt like I was overflowing with capacity in that moment and, and and I was like, is this just for a moment? was that just a really great prayer time? No for months, almost a year, I had so much capacity. I was just felt like I was overflowing with the strength that God poured into me in that moment of prayer. And, and I, it just completely changed that year for me. Now, if you're feeling empty, God strengthens. He grants strength. And sometimes we just assume it's going to be like in little bits at a time, and we barely even notice it. But sometimes, he strengthens, like quickly, like, like what I experienced. So if, if, you're, if you're feeling low, I encourage you to go for prayer. And, and, and for God's strengthening, to keep going to prayer for God's strengthening, to keep, keep going to prayer, uh, to keep going for it until, until that strengthening has been given. Anyway, so we got to get back to this. we got to call to be strengthened by God and by His vast strength, and then we, to put on the full armor of God. Why? So that we can take our stand and thus not get our life blown up by the enemy. Not get our life blown up by the enemy. If you want the secret inspiration behind this series, and really the last several series, last summer I kind of started thinking about like, the flow for this year. I was praying it through, God, what are we going to be teaching about this year? And, and I was thinking about Genesis, early, early Genesis, right? And so, obviously, we started there in the autumn. We talked about creation. I'm, I, you know, it's been months ago now. You've probably forgotten that we even had that, that series on, on Genesis 1 and 2. But if not, I, I know that I've been thinking about it a little bit. Some of you maybe have been still thinking about it. I have been pondering doing a bit of a, a Q&A of some sort. If you still have thoughts connected to the Genesis series that you want to ask questions about, you can email me. You can email me. Maybe I will respond uh, in some sort of fashion. This is no commitment, no accountability. Uh, you know, depending on the, what, what the response is here, if there's questions from that series, I understand it was a big one. It's been a few months. Uh, we, can, we can talk about it more. Anyways, it's not going to be on a Sunday, though. So uh, Q&A of that. Okay, so we had Genesis, and then instead of Adam and Eve, I pivoted, and we talked about Boaz and Ruth. Kind of that relationship aspect there. And now, the next story after that is Cain and Abel. And there's really part of that story, which is behind this Ephesians 6 study, uh, comes down to this one verse that continues to linger in my mind in the Cain and Abel story. It says this in Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. God is speaking to Cain. He says, Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires every you, but you must rule over it. From the beginning, we get a glimpse of, of how life works. Sin crouching at the door of Cain's life. Sin wanting to blow up Cain's life. It absolutely blow up Cain's life. God himself, the one speaking here, God is like, Cain, you Need to not stand. Basically, you need to not let this sin crashing your door blow up your life. You need to you need to not let sin dominate you or master you or lead you. You need to stand in this moment of t- temptation. You need to stand in this moment of frustration. You need to stand in this moment of your anger. You need to stand in this moment of your rage. You, must, you need to stand in this moment where you feel embarrassed or where you feel like your brother showed you up. You need to stand and not give in to these intense feelings of desires of how you're going to retaliate against your brother who did a better job in this particular moment than you do. You need to resist the temptations that are coming against your heart and your spirit so that you don't blow up your life. Cain doesn't. His life's wrecked. His family lineage is wrecked over time. Cain doesn't. I don't want this for you. I, I, don't, I don't want this for you. And, and we, we find ourselves at many moments in our lives with sin crouching at the door of our life, and we, we can't let it take us. We can't let it rule us. We can't let it take over our lives, and we need to learn how to stand strong, how to stand strong in the Lord and in his vast strength, how to put on the armor of God so that we can stand. We can stand against the, the enemy's schemes. Now, over the weeks, we're going to look at the, the full armor, but I'm not going to make a big deal about the armor, armor aspect of it. right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to put up any dorky armor of God pictures. I'm really determined to, to not, in fact, I don't know, I, maybe I was over Sunday schooled, but I, I almost didn't want to do this series because I've seen too many armor of God coloring drugs. I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for coloring or whatever, but like I, I was really uh, uh, thrown by this one. So we're not going to talk a lot about that. Yes. Clearly, Paul has spent a lot of time with Roman soldiers. He's been chained to them. He's been guarded by them. They've lived in his house with them for a few years. He has been um, he's been marched to different places, he's been escorted by them, he's been on ships with them. Okay, yeah, I get it. He he he's spent a lot of time with Romans, it's in his mind. But the imagery of the armor of God, although in his mind as he's writing it out, is probably for certainly Roman in this moment. The inspiration comes from Isaiah. Paul Paul knows the book of Isaiah. He's memorized Okay, whoa, pause. We are reading Isaiah this week we, we, for Bible read-through. If you're in Bible read-through, um, wow, right? I, I am loving Isaiah this, this week and last week more than, more than normal. Uh, and I'm not taking any digs at myself in the past, but I'm just saying, enjoy this one. Like the treasures in the book of Isaiah, they're just leaping out. They're so good. Don't rush it. Give yourself lots of time. Isaiah, what a book. Plug for Bible read through. Okay, good. So yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, I'm reading along in Isaiah, chapter 59, and we see God's armor. We see God's armor that he puts on himself. God puts on his armor on himself. And it says this in Isaiah 59, 17. He put on righteousness as body armor. Where does Paul get this breastplate of righteousness thing? Right? Righteousness as body armor. And a helmet of salvation on his head. That sounds familiar. Paul's got this memorized. He knows what he's doing. He's expanding it a little bit more from this. But when we talk about the armor of God, we're talking about God's armor that God wears when he goes to battle. This, this is the armor of God. And, and we get to wear God's armor when we go into the same battle against the enemy and the enemy forces so that we can stand strengthened by his vast strength in God's armor so the enemy won't be successful at blowing up our lives. In the weeks ahead, we're going to talk about the topics: truth, righteousness, readiness, faith, uh, the Bible, <laughs> prayer, prayer, and the helmet of salvation. We're talking about the helmet. Oh, we're going to talk about those things in the next couple of weeks. I consider this series a treatise. A Treatise Against Christian Streaking. This series, at its heart, is a treatise against Christian streaking. One of the biggest issues in our generation is we have a bunch of Christian streakers out there who are running around with the helmet of salvation only. I've got a picture of some. Ah, bummer. Oh, well. Some people get confused as Christians who are genuinely saved. They're wearing the helmet of salvation. They're like, why does my life keep getting blown up? I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm saved. Friends, there's more. There's more. There's there's hugely important stuff that we need to talk about today. The full armor of God, or we're going to talk over the next couple weeks. Other people are like, man, I just feel so so spiritually cold. Put on some clothes. <laughs> put on the armor of God. Come on. It's right here. You get. Yeah. All right, anyways, my hope for this series is to put an end to all spiritual streaking or all Christian streaking in our church and beyond and to see you fully clothed with the armor of God so that you can take a stand, you can take your stand and not get blown up on the, by the enemy or be spiritually cold. Because you're under- underclothed spiritually. Okay, that's coming up in the, in the next couple weeks. But before Paul starts writing about the armor of God, before he starts writing about God's armor being available to you, he peels back the curtains so you can understand why life can be so hard. How is it that you can have the best intentions, the best intentions to live a godly life, to say, I'm gonna say no to this sin, that sin, never again. And you're really fired up and passionate about it. You have enthusiasm. You have tears. Like you are like, I am never going to fall for that sin again. And then tomorrow. Okay, now, never am I going to fall for that sin. And you're, you're so passionate about that. You, or maybe you're so determined to do the right thing. I am going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to pray before I go out of the flat. I'm gonna, you have all these good intentions, but then you, you're like, wait, it just isn't happening. Like, what, what, what is, you're like, what is my, my problem? Is this a willpower thing? Am I just an idiot? No. No, 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 no. There's something huge going on against you that you need to be alert to, aware of, something that's really going on. It's not just a willpower thing. You need to know what's happening so that you can stand against it and not the other things. You can be f- focusing on the right challenges, the right issues, and not the wrong things. Before we talk about the armor, Paul wants you to know life is not easy because there are powerful, supernatural beings, the devil, and the, all the layers of the hosts of hell that are strategically at work to undermine you, that are strategically at work to deceive you, to trip you up, to stop good things, to increase bad things, to blow up your life as frequently and as often as possible so that you find yourself a miserable wreck, empty, destroyed, distraught, completely unable to fight against the enemy. Before we get to talk about the armor, we get to talk about why we need the armor and what we're supposed to be focusing on, fighting against. And this is what we read in Ephesians chapter 6. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. The reason for the armor is this, the spiritual struggle. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against the evil, against, uh, sorry, I'm doing too many many words here. (laughs) I'll make it back up. Against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil, Spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, because of all of that, because of all of that demonic stuff, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Next word, stand. Okay, friends, this perspective, this perspective will change your life. Paul's perspective here. And what he's trying to write and articulate to you, this is what's really going on in your life. Having a perspective of what's really going on behind the scenes in your life will change your life. Do you have some people issues going on? Issues with people at work, people, friends, uh, family or whatever. Are you even asking the question, is there something else going on here? There's some conflict in your friendships. Uh, is there some? Is is the enemy at work here, trying to blow up my life? Is the enemy at work here, trying to bring pain into my life? Is the enemy at work here, trying to annoy me through this person? Or even more exciting, is the enemy using me to annoy these other people, and I don't even know it because I think I have no issues. Another tactic of the enemy for us. Anyway, I'm not going to. Sorry, that was free. Uh, like, is the enemy at work? against me or through me in this situation? Uh, financial challenges. Is the enemy at work here? Confusion. I don't even know what to do. I'm, I feel confused. My brain is foggy. I don't even know what's going on right now. I'm just I feel like, is the, are we asking the question? Is the enemy at work here trying to bring confusion or frustration or, block, or is, he trying to, is, is he at work here? And our prayer ought to be, God, open my eyes. So that I can see what's really going on here. Shift my perspective towards what is really real. Hone my understanding of what's going on here so that I have right understanding of what's going on in my life. You're having relationship issues? Is the enemy at work trying to blow up your relationship? I was talking to lots of people about this week. God loves marriage. God loves marriage. Therefore, the enemy hates marriage. He hates marriage. So what the enemy, he wants no marriages. He wants to stop marriages. He wants broken marriages. He wants twisted marriages. He wants marriages full of pain and misery. He wants, he wants a, 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 a bad experiences for every human being when it comes to marriage. He wants to stop and block and all this kind of thing. God loves marriage. God loves marriage, and, and, so, uh, and he wants love-filled marriages. And so, are you having relationship issues? Could the enemy be at work there? Blocking, blinding, insecurities, um, keeping uh, selfishness, I don't know, delay, whatever, blah, 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 whatever. So it's great to pray, God, God, you love marriage. That's what you say? Make my path straight. I'm ready. I'm on your team. I'm, I'm ready for this. Uh, pray, pray, or God, make, help me in this. Or if you're married, to pray, God, save me in this. Bring hope. Bring healing. Bring love. Bring joy. Bring peace. Bring life. Bring your goodness here. It's great to pray. Anyways, God's... Seeing and knowing what's really going on, though. Seeing and knowing what's really going on can shift everything when it comes to our perspectives. One example. Second Kings chapter six. So in Second Kings chapter six, uh, there there is this war going on, and Elisha. I've been told to pronounce his name Elisha. I would have grown up saying Elisha, but apparently that's the wrong way to say it. Elisha is apparently how we say it here. So I will try. So Elisha, Elisha the prophet is is there, and he's telling the king of Israel, where the enemy is setting up their ambushes. The enemy is not happy about this. The king of Aram is not happy about this. And so um, he decides to capture Elisha. And this is what we read in 2 Kings chapter 6. So the king Aram, the, the, the enemy king, said go and see where he is so I can send men to capture him. When he was told Elisha is in Dothan, he sent horses, chariots, And a massive army there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early and went out, he discovered an army with horses and chariots, a massive army as we know, surrounding the city. So he asked Elisha, Oh my master, what are we going to do? Elisha said, Don't be afraid. For those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, please open his eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Here's a picture of Dothan. Now it's a ruin on the top of the tell here, but there's the hill there. There's the hill, that's where Dothan is. It's not like a massive city. It's, it's in this nice, beautiful valley. Lots of, lots of room for chariots and horses to surround this city here, this, ta- this town city. Massive army out here surrounding. Okay, so Alicia's servant, from his perspective, how are we feeling? We get up in the morning. Good morning, Dothan. Good morning, Valley. Oh, hello, enemy army who's here to capture us. The thought is we're feeling probably afraid. Alicia genuinely says, don't be afraid. So I don't think it's too much of a stretch to be like, he's afraid. And rightly so. He looks out in his situation and he sees something that has him afraid, terrified. Downplay it, worried, anxious. Upplay it, doomed like he is feeling like like this based on his perception of what's going on in his life and then what happens one little thing god opens his eyes so that he can see what's really going on that's it the enemy and their presence and their surrounding and their mightiness nothing has changed nothing has shifted only awareness of what's really going on and how does that affect the servant it doesn't say but you can imagine if our fear levels are up here oh okay it's gonna be okay the the, the whole, our whole feelings about what's going on we are in danger oh we're we're not actually in danger just just the awareness only that, just the awareness of, of, of what's really going on spiritually uh, shifts everything. Nothing changed other than that awareness. and it, But his life is now able to be filled with peace instead of fear because he knows what's really going on. What a gift that is, right? God, open all of our eyes so that we can see and perceive and know what's really going on, so that we can live with peace in our circumstances, knowing that you are present and that you are here and and where the enemies at work, so that we can be active against that and be fighting the right battles. This struggle that Paul's writing about is real. It's real. A few years ago, I was meeting with some leaders, uh, pastor and and the elders of their church, and I was asked by them to, to interview them, right? This, is, this doesn't happen very often, meaning it's never happened other than this one time in my life. And so I was asked to, to interview this, and maybe because of the way the interview went, I probably never will get this opportunity again, but... I was asked to interview these guys, and, and so I got to bring my own questions for this pastor and this, this elder board, and, and I worked through the same questions with each of them, uh, first the pastor and then each of the elders, and, and one at a time I went through this, and one of my questions was this, let's say the enemy was going to attack your church and try and blow up your church, how would you identify that the enemy was trying to attack your church and how would you begin to respond? Now, I think that's a pretty basic question. Like, this is a really simple question to ask you know, any, any church leader. Very basic life question. In fact, honestly, it's great for your, for your family. It's like, man, if the enemy was going to attack my family, how would I know that the enemy was attacking my family? And how would I want to respond? Or my own life. If, if the enemy was going to attack my life, How would I identify that the enemy is attacking my life, and how would I want to respond? I mean, it's it's kind of one of the basic questions. Uh, So I I asked this question about this church, and every elder, every pastor, there's only one pastor, the pastor and every elder gave me the exact same answer, and they said this. Oh, Brian, not everything is the enemy. We give the enemy way too much credit. I was like, eh, eh okay, okay, and I, I, I literally did this. Okay, well, this is a f- fictional scenario. Like, I, I'm making this up. I, I am, I'm asking you a question in a fictional scenario. I, I'm, I'm saying that the enemy actually is c- going to come against your church. And so in this scenario, in this f- fictional scenario, which I'm making up here on the spot, the enemy wants to blow up your church, and he has a plan to blow up your church. How would you identify... That the enemy wants to attack your church and blow up your church, and then how would you begin to respond? Every single one of them again said, Brian, not everything is the enemy. We give the enemy way too much credit. I didn't know what to say. I mean, I was I was stunned. I had rage. feelings. I was very, very upset, calm on the outside, boiling on the inside. I was stunned, and I was so very very sad for their church. I was devastated that these were going to be the leaders uh, of this church. This, this pastor, this elder, they're, they're saying that not everything is the enemy, but what they're saying is we don't see anything as the enemy, and we won't. We won't even think about it in a fictional scenario question sort of a thing. We are not open to seeing. We are not even going to contemplate that the enemy might be at work against us or in our, in, in our area or whatever. We are, we are not going to even look to identify that the enemy might be at work. Just like, they're doomed. They're doomed. With leaders like that, just with people in general, with people unwilling to even think that there is a real enemy out there that is wanting to blow things up in in churches, in families, in your life. In your life, not not even considering that, that, that there's an enemy that by any means, deception, uh, lies, sin, any method. If you're not open to seeing life and reality as Paul describes it here in Ephesians chapter 6, if you're, if you're not even looking for it, you're, you're doomed. You're doomed like, those, like those, those leaders. You're doomed to keep getting duped and blown up over and over again. You won't even really know what's going on. Why does this always happen to me? That church, it's closed. It's closed forever. It's shut down. It shut down. It wasn't even that long ago. It's a tragedy. It's blown up by the enemy. Would they say that? No, they would say it just happens. I would say, no, it's blown up by the enemy. No, it it just happens. No, if you ignore the enemy, if you ignore, it's to your peril. It's to to your, your doom. I hope for better for you. Actually, I hope for better for for all all of us here. I'm tired of seeing people and families and marriages and relationships get blown up over and over again by the enemy. People who are not even thinking about that as a factor in their lives. They're they're not open to it, they're refusing to see it. But when it comes to the church, I say no more of that. No more blindness. No more dullness. Not here, not you guys. Not anymore next week we're going to dive into the armor of God we're going to dive in and and we're going to start with truth next week but this week starts with our eyes God open our eyes so that we can see and perceive and know and understand what's really going on behind the scenes in our lives strengthen us by by your vast power help us to perceive what's, what's really going on we believe, help us help us Here's the challenge for today. So I have I, two prayers and the challenge. The second one was the real one that I was going for, okay? But I thought it might have been too much for you, so I added a, a, a one on top. But the first, the first prayer is, is this. Reveal to me, God, reveal, and I want this, I'm thinking this is a daily prayer or even several times a day as you're, as you're pursuing what is really real. Reveal to me the reality of my circumstances, so that I can perceive the real battle I'm facing instead of the side diversion that is distracting me. Now, I want you to pray that and just be praying that. Now, the simplified version that you might actually remember when you're walking down the street is open my eyes so that I can see what's really going on in my life. Either of those are approved prayers for this week. <laughs> Um, also, I just thought it'd be fun to have a little challenge over the next uh, couple months here. Nobody has to do it. Just throwing it out there. Extra credit. There's no test. Uh, memorizing Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. This armor of God passage. It's it's something that uh, Kelly and I and, and many of you maybe have memorized uh, in your youth. Uh, we did a Bible camp. Uh, good, good thing to... Uh, to tuck away and to, to memorize. We don't do a lot of that around here, but hey, it's a, it's a fun little challenge. So if, you, if you're up for that, extra credit for that. Um, what do you get for extra credit? Oh man, wow, wow. Let me pray for us. Fa- Father, we, we, want, we want your vast power to strengthen us. God, I just say for everyone who is feeling empty, be strengthened by the Lord in His vast power, His vast strength. All of you who are weary and empty, be strengthened right now by the Lord and by His vast strength. Spirit of living God, come and fill, strengthen, revive restore, renew, renew our strength. And at the same time, God, give us new eyes to see, to see better, to see more accurately, to perceive what's really going on. Help us so that we can be mighty and not get our lives blown up and instead stand strong in, those evil, in that evil day. That when sin is crouching at the door of our lives, we would be able to resist it, standing strong in you. Grant us strength and perception. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.